Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Exploring Life Together. Um, this episode is another one where Kirsty and I are just chatting about various things that have been going on in my life, in our lives, uh, exploring them and unpacking them. So they do jump around a little bit. Uh, but what I do is below the videos or below the podcast, I put kind of the little segments so you can always jump to different bits, um, have a look through those see which ones you fancy listening to, or just start from the beginning and uh, keep it playing. So we'll get started um, probably by what just happened before we started recording. Well, we were recording, but not the part of the recording that you will be listening to, because what I found myself trying to do is to introduce this episode in a really professional way and say the right things and I was like kind of going I started and stopped and maybe at some point I'll share some of the uh the outtakes but I would go hi everyone I'm going to this like presenter voice um and think that I then stop very quickly and go like oh that was wrong or that was silly um and Kirsty just kind of shared a few things and we had a little chat and then I, I found myself, Percy, you said a word earlier when we were chatting, softening. And I just softened into kind of myself. It was like before I was like trying to be properly upright and presenter. And this is this is how I'm this is how someone confident looks and holds themselves. And I was just like, just breathe and soften into kind of who into Paul. And it was like oh, then I just started talking and here we are having started, um, which was, again, that's a bit of a recurring theme. Is there anything that you wanted to add on to that, Kirsten, just from the very start in terms of what you saw uh, of happening? Um, I think it might be better from your perspective and then I could, if you wanted to add anything more on it or... Well, I think it 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 follows on from we tried to have a conversation maybe a week or so ago, and it felt like I had a lot on it. I had a lot of thinking about it, and I was trying to force it, and I had ideas about who I needed to be um, to record that or the outcomes that I wanted to happen. So, for example, with starting this episode, I have ideas about, well, if I don't start it very well, people aren't going to keep listening or people aren't going to think that we're professional or that they're going to yeah just stop listening or they're not going to think it's good. And all these thoughts kind of popping up, which within a few seconds of me just going, hi, everyone, welcome to another episode. And I'm like, and I'm just like going, oh, no, no, no we'll start over. And so it's amazing how very quickly my mind can have this idea of what should be happening versus what is actually happening and allowing what is um, just coming through in the moment. And even with the next conversation, um, because we've shared one, and this is most likely going to be the second one that we share. Um, I was even getting into thinking about well, what to talk about, what topics should we talk about, what will be interesting. And there was so much thinking about it. And what I wrote, I think this morning or at some point on one of my new post-it notes, which Kirsty got me for Christmas, was, <laughs> I don't know if that's backwards, 
No, that's it's good. Just have conversations. And it was like, it's that simple. And that's something that you've said to me several times of just have conversations. And it's amazing that when I come back to that and when I softened, it's like, oh, we're just having a conversation. Who knows where it's going to go, what we're actually going to talk about? Because I could spend days, weeks preparing things and topics and ideas of talk, what we could talk about. I could say something and then hope you're going to then continue that conversation, but you could then say something completely left field. And then we then go down a rabbit hole and have a really interesting conversation that wasn't on my list of things. So it's, it's just one of those, I suppose, of just noticing how much thinking we have about what we should be doing or how we should be doing it. Um, and how that can get us very up in our heads and even just stop us from doing the things we want to be doing because we have so much thinking about it. Yeah, I think it's the... Your brain is designed to do that. Like, mm. it's designed to continually scan for danger. So it's continually taking in information and scanning for possible problems so it's actually just doing its job the problems come when we listen to the brain and the thoughts like you can have thoughts and then you can think the thoughts and it's like mm -hmm. if you can just allow the thoughts to be there then actually they don't really have any meaning. It's when we hold on to the thought and then we start making it mean something that then create the problems, like you with the podcast of like, well, this is what a good one sounds like. This is what a good introduction would sound like. A good one would mean that people listen to it and it's all like, what does a, why do you even want it to be good? You know, and that's not to invalidate that it's not to say you don't want it to be good because obviously you're doing it for a reason. You don't want it to be totally pointless, but actually what if the point is just that you have the conversations you want to have, which is what we have said a lot mm. of times before, which is even if you don't record them, even if you record them and then do nothing with them, the important thing is that you have a knowing to have conversations. You have a desire and a pull towards having the conversations it's not a desire or a pull to recording conversations it's not a desire or a pull to have a a hundred thousand listener podcast it's to have conversations those are not all the same thing um although my brain will say that i do want those things because of conditioning of like oh well you want this because then you can get this and it's like but what i've seen is that those when I do things that pull me in the direction of those things I don't enjoy it when I come from that place of just have conversations as you say that pure essence of like what you what really lights me up that's when I just do it effortlessly I enjoy it I don't really think about it for example like with this when I'm not thinking about oh it's a podcast recording or it's going out somewhere I can then just be in the moment, having a conversation, letting it go where it goes, where it interests me or what you then share, I then share back. And we, if it's 40 minutes or if it's two and a half hours, 
you know it it's not it's not about how long is optimal or things like that it's the joy of having those conversations um that really lights me up and that's for me as well the thing of that will actually make it so much better because i'm not in my head thinking oh what do i need to kind of lead this conversation on so that we tick the boxes of what interesting topics or the title that I thought that I wanted to work into this episode. Um, and it's just interesting how much of that thinking just suddenly pops up in that, mm. like in that moment of we've hit record and now you're going to start introducing it. And it's just like, uh, Oh, Oh, and the stop star. And it's almost that thing of, my I don't it feels like my brain is almost trying to stop me from doing it because it thinks that would be safer mm. somehow or safe in some way of like well if you don't put anything and actually no this is something that I've said to myself a lot if I don't put anything out there or actually no what I say is if I don't try I can't fail mm -hmm. and so it's my brain is kind of going oh, well, we'll find ways to stop you from doing it. We'll make you nervous about start starting. Or as soon as you do start, we'll make you doubt, instantly doubt that what you said is good enough or right or wrong. And then hopefully you'll then stop, stop. And then you'll start 17 times and eventually just give up and not record anything. Um, and it's amazing how it does that so quickly and just like in an instant. And in that instant, it's kind of, so powerful um but that's the point and i've said this to you a lot of times but i don't know how many times you've heard it okay is, is that's what your brain is meant to do mm -hmm. your brain's not broken there's nothing wrong with paul bassey's brain it's not doing anything wrong that's the brain's job the possible problem is that you give it too much weight. Mm. You don't listen to anywhere else other than the brain. You're so used to the brain's voice that you don't know what the rest of you sounds like. Mm. Your brain is actually just doing exactly what it's meant to do, which is keeping you alive or in it's keeping you in survival. Mm -hmm. not really alive or living but it's keeping you in survival so that isn't wrong it's meant to do that and it's not going to get you the life that you want which would be fulfilling and satisfying and everything else mm. but the, the, the desires the like what you truly truly want doesn't come from your brain because your brain cannot possibly fathom anything other than the like scanning for danger in the present moment. Mm. So you have to start listening. That's the whole soften. It's not just soften as in like breathe and relax. It's actually soften and listen, move that like move that cognitive voice that sits in your head and explore what it feels like to move your consciousness through other areas of your body. Mm. The, the, the entry place that most people can access to an extent is usually your heart. 
like this area would be somewhere that you can often like shift your consciousness into your heart that's where you get your true like desires true guidance system you might find as a generator and therefore like a sacrally led person that that actually is also accessible to you from your gut yeah um i don't necessarily have that but you may so wherever you're wherever you move it and you can get a sense of guidance from there that place almost like a gps but it's like for too long your gps has been the brain yeah so you know what that voice sounds like it would be like you've got so used to the male gps voice that then if you changed it you'd be like and it changed to a, a female voice you'd be like oh that can't be my gps because mine is sounds mm -hmm. like this and it's like yeah it is but it's like you're not hearing it because you're listening out for the other one yeah and it's that thing of the other one has seen again it's that's the one that society tells you to value and to use and how to use and they don't teach you how to use the other ones no well i always remember i, I went for an interview um I think maybe in my early 20s and I said that my biggest strength was my intuition and they were just like that's not that's not a real skill say something mm -hmm. else and it was kind of that thing of I wouldn't necessarily say my intuition was fully like there at that point but I definitely had used it and I was just like I just seemed to know stuff and just do stuff naturally but from that point on particularly around work it was like oh that's not a skill okay I need to find one and I went to the list of like organized planning sensible rely like all those things that you would typically expect um would be kind of like the skills that people would want um and from then on it was almost like my intuition was just not acknowledged or it was this thing that oh that's not a real thing like that's just a you can't that's not really something that could be valuable or helpful in terms of navigating your life being an employee building a business being a creative like doing anything that was like just not something that was really talked about and a couple of times in that case example like actually just dismissed entirely and at that time I was just uh, I was probably in a place where I took on things from other people just as oh well they must be right they're they're a big company and Lots of people would say that they're really good and stuff like that. So I just trusted what they said and took that on. And it kind of became a bit of a narrative um, mm. in my head. So it's no surprise that it's like it was almost like the intuition was pushed down and everything else in terms of like the typical skills, even though they weren't necessarily my the ones that I would say, like kind of honestly, but they're the ones that I kind of go, oh, well, Everyone seems to value X, Y, Z. So that's what I will then start to figure out. Um, and that's where then everything feels a little bit forced. And then you start to not be who you really are, which leads to kind of frustration, resentment, and it just not feeling quite right. And it feeling a bit forced. Well, you, you essentially become disconnected. Like yeah. it's quite often talked about where 
we're operating from like the neck up mostly in the western world it's like mm. you know um and and what it sounds like is that in that process of your intuition being diminished you then also chose to switch it off mm. or at least didn't yeah. value it and whether this is true or not it might just be a story but it's like why would something keep working if you didn't acknowledge it? It would probably yeah. just get quiet. Yeah. It's like they say about babies, like when babies stop crying, like if they cry and cry and cry and nobody comes, they don't stop crying because they've like met, their need has been met. Like they don't stop crying because of that. They stop crying because they've learned that no one's coming so it's kind of the same with your intuition like it might have been there quite strongly for you initially and then it realized you weren't listening so it's like okay well i won't bother speaking yeah yeah that's and then that's the why babies stop crying like that's the whole like leaving baby you know like the sleep training thing or like cry mm. you know where you leave them to cry it's like mm -hmm. they then eventually do not cry out as much or they right. quiet and quicker but it's because they've learned that no one's coming which is actually right. very sad mm. and it's i think the same with our intuition or other skills that we have like our emotions or whatever our like system is designed for other than brain <laughs> is that we've become so disconnected from it that w why would it keep programming? It's that whole you use it or lose it thing, like with languages. Like mm. if you don't use the French or whatever that you've learned, you will forget it because your brain just has got so much information to process that it will then just rewire or it just like mm. burns the wiring out or whatever it does, you know. Uh, same. Why would it not be the same? It is. It must be the same with your intuition, your emotions, your whatever you want to call it, like other elements of us as beings that I think we do have access to. But if you don't use it, why would it stay active? It's not going to keep shouting at you and just be like, okay, whatever. He's listening to his head again. Yeah, and that's where, like, like today. Um... We went out and did some filming and then went for some food. And there were several points where you can't, you you pointed out or actually no, you pointed out on some occasions and there were lots of other occasions where I was listening to my gut of what do I actually want to do? What's actually not what I think I should do or what's okay. What do I actually want to do from my gut? And and there's often it's a case of I know, I know internally there is that thing, that gut reaction. It's not coming from a, oh, I want to do this because of this or I should do this because of this. It's coming from a deeper place within my stomach, within my gut of just, oh, no, I know what I want to do. I might then not verbalize that because before it's verbalized, it kind of is. I don't know if this is true, but it feels like it goes through the brain and the brain is like almost a bit of a, I don't know, a, a warden of going like, is this okay? Can we say this? Do we want to say this? What do we think about this before it goes out? 
um, which is actually some, something you showed me the other day of board generators, again, people who use the gut to make decisions. It was on, I think, TikTok, and it was just basically this guy asking questions very, very quickly. And you didn't make a answer of yes, no. You just went, uh-huh, or uh, or uh-uh. So it wasn't engaging the brain. It was it was like almost bypassing the brain, which was really interesting because it was like, oh yeah, I can make decisions really easily when you do it like that because I'm bypassing the brain and something else is making, not even making the decisions. The decisions are just obvious. You you ask me a question and it's just like, oh, I've got an answer. But it's almost like, and now that I'm saying all this, it does feel like the the automatic response of my gut is being checked by my brain before my brain then allows me to then say it and actually voice it because it's so often that thing of there's so much the brain goes oh no that looks dangerous or that wouldn't be safe because remember that time when you were seven years old or 10 years old and this happened well we won't we won't let that happen again so we're going to find a way for you to not say it sometimes that's just by almost turning off your ability to speak and it's like mm-hmm. uh um and as soon and the thing for me like this morning there was one case where it was just like what do you actually want to do and you you were kind of letting me say it um and it was one of those where i could feel it i knew what i wanted to happen it was just like i was in this internal struggle of my brain has a lot of thinking about it and it's almost just like sitting with it and going like I, uh, um um and then eventually i was like i want to do this and it was it was really uncomfortable to kind of say i don't know if what if it was like for you to watch but it was just like amazing how i had i knew what i wanted but old people pleaser perhaps in me is going like oh can we really do that can we really say what we want um and it was just a, a kind of a, another fascinating and that's one of the things like i i love those situations because it's so amazing of being able to see that happening and experiencing it and because i'm aware of it as it's happening i know i'm starting to shift it it's it's only at to start with maybe just me noticing it and sitting with it but i know in time and more and more often i will then start to speak up and it's almost kind of again as you said that this is why i love conversations because mm. i can unpack them as we're going of like this morning was an example of like me going to the the i was going to say mind gym but it's not the mind gym it's the gut gym of <laughs> going and doing some practice at the gut gym and using my gut to actually say what I wanted, um, which is really cool now that I see that. Um, and it actually, you got anything to say on that? Or Keep going. Another? There's, I remember, uh, it was. I think it was only a week ago, I was out um, doing some work at a cafe and it was about four or five o'clock and you messaged me saying something about it was absolutely chucking it down. Um, and you messaged about, oh, do you want to lift? And maybe we could go to Sainsbury's. 
um, on the way back. And I was like, oh, I don't really want to go to Sainsbury's. I kind of want to just go home and have a hot shower. Um, but my brain kicked in, the people pleaser in me kicked in, the nice guy in me kicked in, the warrior in me kicked in, the overthinker in me kicked in and was like, I'm not sure if we can do that. And it's like, why not? It's like, well, what if Kirsty doesn't like it? What if she's, what if she gets angry? And like, because I made up of a story of, oh, she's mentioned Sainsbury's because she actually wants me to go with her to Sainsbury's and help do the shopping. And I was like, oh, well, okay, how am I going to, what do I need to do to get what I want? And what, what, what convoluted story do I need to make up about why I can't do that? Or how, like, what's, what scenario do I need to make happen so that I can just go home and have a shower? Um, that probably went on for about five minutes in my head. I then eventually replied saying that, oh, actually, I'd much rather just go home and have a shower. Um, and you then replied and said, oh, okay, that's absolutely fine, no problem. I then sat there in the coffee shop going like, oh, that's amazing. I, I said exactly what I wanted and and she was absolutely fine with it. That's brilliant. That's really cool. And I can now go home and have a warm shower, which I didn't actually have in the end. I just kind of went home and had a cup of tea, I think, after I got soaking wet. Um, but it was, again, an amazing example of how much thinking I had about what is actually a very simple situation Um and what's really interesting is that I then shared that story with you maybe a day or so later. And you actually, and I had the thought before we had that conversation of that in, for me, that was a really important thing that I said what I wanted because that's not been something throughout my life that I've always been able to do um, very rarely actually, because it's just not felt safe. I haven't felt like my needs were important or that they would get met. So I would just go and try and meet them myself. Um, so those moments, although they seem small, actually they're they're big changes for me. And what I thought I had after that was that, oh, that was really cool that I said what I wanted and I got what I wanted, which for anyone who um, is a, has read No More Mr. Nice Guy, that's a very typical Mr. Nice Guy trait of not getting what you want. And it's typically because you haven't actually asked for it. Um, so I was like, that's great. I then had the thought of, well, what's going to be really interesting is when Kirsty doesn't like my decisions, when what I say I want doesn't match with what she's okay with. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, they're, they're the times that it's going to be a bit tougher to, to stay true to what I want and what I'm thinking or what I'm wanting or whatever it is. So come to a day later, I shared that whole little scenario with you on one of our many conversations. And you actually said, that, oh, no, actually, I did want you to go to Sainsbury's with me. And I was immediately just like, oh, shit. This was actually one of those times where what I wanted didn't match with what you wanted to happen. You, you uh, again, I'll let you share a bit about your side of it. But it was for me, I was like, oh, that's really interesting that actually the thing that I was really worried about happening or the thing that I thought would take even more, I don't know, courage or like self-holding to hold myself when it isn't what you want 
was actually just absolutely fine. Um, and there will be times, I think, when there's maybe more of a mismatch or it's about something bigger. But it was just really interesting that it was like the thing that I was like, oh, well, it's going to be another level that was that time. Um, so it was just a really interesting experience. But I guess what you were worried about would be another level would be if I had a reaction to your request immediately. Yes. If I displayed, yeah. if I said, if I text you back and said, oh, actually, I was really hoping we'd go to Sainsbury's together. That's yeah, what your brain that would was have been... worried about. Yeah. Yes. And, and no, no, it's not even the message. It would it's then the be... the fact that whether you then have the choice of do I stand yeah. with what I want or do I do what she wants? <laughs> Yes, exactly. Yeah. And then that's the and at that point it's the what what are you going to think about that and and all the thinking that comes with that of like that the the, the old people pleaser in me is like it's just it would be screaming it would get it would get very loud in my head of and it, and that's where it, it's that thing of really being able to hold myself of what would be true for me of oh yeah no I I really understand that you've kind of I don't know like would like me to come but i i'm i'm i would really like to go home um if you're not up for going for, to the shops like don't go and we'll sort out something else and mm. so it's one of those where there's a way to navigate it but in a lot of situations it, it would be very easy to get um we often kind of say little paul or little boy an old version of me would often come up I would often be that people pleaser where it's like, oh no, like, oh, she really wants me. Oh, okay. Well, I'll just go. And then what I want then gets pushed down. And what can then happen is that I can then start to resent that. And that can bring up frustrations and things in other, other ways. So it's one of those where actually that's that whole thing of every, like everyone actually doing what they want and what like kind of staying true to yourself although it may in certain situations create some discomfort and uncomfortable conversations, it's actually better in the long run because you're not then constantly going, changing who you are or what you want um, to suit everyone else, which is the whole kind of underpinning of being a nice guy versus a good man. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it was... Funny how the thing that I was kind of worrying, no, not worrying about that. I was like, oh, that's going to be another level of it actually was that particular situation. I think there's something on the like what you want type of thing, because I would say as well, like. I don't know if I wanted you to come to Sainsbury's with me. I think mm -hmm. it was more that I had in my head an image that. I would be showing you that I loved you by picking you, thinking about picking you up rather than you getting soaking wet walking home. Yeah. And then that I kind of had, and again, it's all happened in like a flash. So I had, I had nothing on what you were going to say other mm -hmm. than that I'd made a nice little movie scene in my head of I'll go pick him up. Like when I think back to it, I can go, I actually even like knew where I'd pick you up. I saw us going down Sainsbury's. Even if you stayed in the car, it was like, oh, it'd be quite fun. We'll go together and then, you know, make it lighthearted and then we'll come home. 
And so it wasn't necessarily that that's what I wanted even. It was just that that's mm -hmm. what, that's the thought process and the thought movie that my brain had created. And so when you then said, actually, I'd really like to come home. And I think there's something important in here to remember is that because we have done and looked at quite a lot of like human design and things, I know that as a, for generators, the primary thing, the way that you best serve is by following what lights you up. So even if I don't like it, I want mm. to prioritize your lit upness because I know that in the long run that serves everybody. So that yeah. was also in my head. So it was like, okay, well, he wants to come home and have a shower. I want him to do what he wants. Because it wasn't actually in conflict with what I wanted. It was just that I had a thought movie about how I yeah. thought it was going to go. And then that didn't match. But then when you said what you wanted and you were quite happy to walk back, then I was like, okay, well, change your plan. But in the past, a past version of Kirsty would have not liked that. And probably held mm. on to it and been a bit resentful and a bit like, you know, whatever later on. Um, yeah. You know, or been like, are you sure it really is soaking wet? Like, it seems silly. You know, I'd have made, I've, I probably, I have done that in the past, I'm sure. Like, and unknowingly, like it wasn't on purpose, mm -hmm. but like subconsciously manipulated your decision making so that you went with what I wanted. Yeah. I'm sure I would have done that in the past. But and this time it was like I was it was so different. It was all such a like quick fleeting. I could see the thoughts. I could see the thought movie. I saw your response and I was like, eh, OK, I'm going to the shops. It wasn't yeah. a big deal. And that's that's something that's interesting that so often it is just a like you can see those thoughts and then it's like you've got this story and then it's like oh, okay cool and then it's changed mm. um and it's not it's not not a big deal or like it's very neutral there's no overreaction from either party um but what's interesting is the skipping a little like jumping a little bit but i think it's connected is that over the past four or five days i've actually been quite i think activated on a couple of occasions um, where I've maybe been reacting um, to something, to a situation that is actually very neutral, but because I've been a bit, there's been, I've been up in my head or something like that. Um, I've then responded to that situation differently. And this is something that we were kind of talking about today of basically like, I've not necessarily been acknowledging that I've been frustrated with certain situations and it's one of those where that frustration i've kind of pushed down and so then that frustration has found ways to come out like you said like in the past you'd you'd make your brain would kind of use that kind of push down frustration and found ways to get it out into your experience so it would have found things to get frustrated with um and that was something that it's been really interesting the past few days of like, what is going on? Why do I keep getting grumpy? Like, and not thinking I'm grumpy. Um, and it's something that <laughs> it's, it's one of those where the past couple of days 
I have been, and it's only really the past day or so that I've been seeing it really fully, is that I've not been, I've got a post-it note. Um, it's one I wrote down, acknowledge what you're experiencing, not what you think it's okay to be experiencing. And it's something that we we talked about it today. And it was like, yeah, it's it's really important to be, for, for me to be acknowledging what's actually going on for me rather than um, kind of like, like going through the motions of like saying, oh no, that's okay. Or this isn't okay. And like in my head, but actually feeling it in my body, in my system, because you can have an argument and not that we had an argument. Um, we can have an argument or something can happen and you can talk it through in your head and be like, oh, okay, we're good. Like everything's fine. But in your system, something could still be there. The little seven-year-old version or 10-year-old version could still be activated, just waiting to come up at some later situation. And that's what has happened a couple of times where it's been, we've, talked about something and it's like, okay, yeah, all good. And then later on, I'd just be doing things where it's just like my response would be an overreaction to something. It's like, where's that come from? What's going on there? Um, and so it was really interesting, that thing of just starting to say, well, this is what I'm actually feeling, not what I'm thinking or what's going on in my head, but what I'm actually feeling and being really honest with myself and just writing it down of like, I'm frustrated with this or I'm annoyed at this or this is what's going on to. And it was more of a, not what is coming up in my head, but more just what's coming in my body. What's, what's just there in my system, which again is a, it's might sound a bit weird, but it's, it's, it does feel it it feels like there's stuff going on in my body where it's like got some frustration and but it's not in my head and it's not going i'm frustrated because of xyz it's like a feeling of frustration and so that thing that i was i was journaling about it this morning i was like okay cool paul just just write down a list of what you're frustrated about just write it all down, right? Get it all out, get it on paper. Um, and that felt really freeing and liberating because before that, I was basically holding um, balloons under the water or trying to hide things under my coat. And they just come out in different ways um, and ways that when they happen, I'm like, I'm, even I'm just going like, after the fact, it's like, what the hell happened there? Where's that come from? That situation, that reaction was not okay with me, um, or that not what I how I want to be. What was going on there? Um, and it's just a fascinating thing to see how much stuff we have going on in our bodies that our minds can't process, and if we don't, then do the body stuff um it kind of stays in there and then comes out in ways that you don't really know where it's come from and it's actually because it's come from 
something that happened several hours earlier, days earlier, weeks earlier, months, um, or even longer, I imagine. Um, so again, like, I'm not sure how what the tangent from what we were saying to that was, but that was something that I kind of wanted to talk about as well, because it was so, it feels like quite a big thing because of, as you said earlier, being so mind don dominant, I would go, let's say something happens and I get disappointed. My brain would go, oh yeah, that's really disappointing. Yeah, I'm really sorry that you like didn't get that new client, um, but here's four reasons why it's okay. And those reasons just make it absolutely fine. You can no longer be sad and you can kind of go about your day, despite the fact that internally I'm, I feel sadness. And then there's almost the bit of, I think you've said this several times of like, it's almost like shaming myself for feeling sad because it's like the brain says we shouldn't be feeling sad anymore. And yet I do feel sad. Um, so this is kind of the the start of a journey for me of listening to more than just my mind and listening to the body and energy and seeing what what that's all about which is something that you've been helping me lots with so um do you yeah. want me to talk a bit about like explain some of that stuff a bit or yeah that'd be really good yeah yeah, because essentially what happens is it's so common because basically there's like cognitive development as a human. So as you get older, your your brain and your system are able to kind of cognize like more complex tasks. You know, like you go from not being able to talk at all to then like walking and talking and then you know your alphabet and your numbers and then you string words together and then you've got sentences and then you are doing like um essay writing or stories and then it becomes um critical thinking and blah 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 and then you're doing longer essays and, and whatever so like that we're all okay with because you're taught that at school but then what mm. happens is as adults we then think the same for our emotions should be the case so you think um well, there are that we like we we make stories of what's okay to feel sad about and what's not. When is it okay to feel embarrassed and when is it not? When is it okay to feel angry and then when is it not? And most of the time, anger is a good example. We never think it's okay, or very rarely. <laughs> it's like one of the ones you're not allowed to feel, or um. There are just it's the stories we make up about the emotions that then mean that we don't actually validate our emotional experience. So we're actually still quite juvenile in our emotional development. So while we've like yes. grown older and our cognitive skills have developed, we actually don't have a, a development of emotional literacy or experiencing or whatever the word is um processing processing feels weird i think it's emotional experience so you can feel mm. very inexperienced in your emotions and then when you add on a brain that that uses shame 
to kind of disconnect you from your experience. Because if you think about it, you're having an experience. Let's take the client example. It's a really good, simple one. You don't get a new client. You experience sadness in your system. And then your brain goes, you're a 38-year-old man. Like, (laughs) you should not be feeling sad that you didn't get a client. Grow Mm -hmm. up. Yeah. It's like... It might not be that harsh, but for some people it is. So I'm using that as an example. Yeah. (laughs) So that's what happens. So essentially what that's doing is now you've got sadness wrapped in shame. And then that goes in as a bubble that you hide. Now, Now, because you've got the shame wrapped around it, you've hidden it even from yourself. Mm. So you've now made it even worse and you wonder why you don't feel connected to yourself because every time that you have an experience, your brain is using shame to go, that's not my experience. It's not allowed to be my experience Mm. because I'm grown up. I'm more grown up than that, which actually ironically feels very juvenile. (laughs) I'm a grown up. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. (laughs) And that's where I don't have feelings like that. (laughs) Like you couldn't sound more like a toddler if you tried. (laughs) Yeah, and that's where you like. I can totally relate to the thing of, of feeling like a thirty-something-year-old person, and but feeling like a ten-year-old little boy, because yeah. it's that thing of like. And I, I've said that probably said this to you and have thought it over the past few years. Of, I don't think I emotionally matured. I don't. Most think... people don't. Yeah, and it's, because we it, haven't it's been only... given the tools though to do that. Yeah, so it's nobody's fault. That's that's mm. the thing is, don't use that as another stick to beat yourself with, not just to you but to anybody. Like, okay. this isn't a problem. It's not an individual problem. It affects every single individual, but this is surely a kind of social responsibility. If we had, isn't it funny that, could you imagine, so let's say this is just emotional maturity. You imagine if we didn't have a world where cognitive maturity was a thing. You can't. Because our businesses depend on people being able to do certain cognitive functions. Mm. But at one point that wasn't the case. When they just had to do manual labour that wasn't a problem if you couldn't count Mm. or you well maybe counting because that was you know manual labor was probably to count but like that's why they kept people not being able to read it was used as a like we know that if they can read they start getting smarter and they'll start challenging us and we don't want that so it was used as a like weapon Mm. they know that it's like what would we've allowed cognitive development because it started to they started to realize that they can make more money when they have more workers who are more competent and they need competent workers who can do cognitive things because it makes them more money Mm. whereas what would the equivalent be of emotional maturity what would you you gain from emotional maturity well you gain confidence in yourself you you gain agency because mm. 
the thing that happens when you don't aren't truthful about your emotional experience mm -hmm. or your experience what you're experiencing is it causes a disconnect between you and your sense of self mm -hmm. when they've shown like studies have shown that the less you believe in yourself and the less you trust yourself the more you look to external sources for dependence yeah. that mm -hmm. cannot be a coincidence that they they want you to remain dependent on the systems or them as sources of knowledge and choice and what's right and wrong because yeah. it maintains the status quo so mm -hmm. if actually we actually had the tools for emotional maturity they'd be the systems would be in trouble because you the more emotionally mature we are the more agency we have because from from validating your internal experience you're no longer at war with yourself. Mm -hmm. And when you're not at war with yourself and you realize you're not broken, you realize, hang on a minute, if I'm not broken, but I was experiencing that that I might be broken, what is going on? Oh my, you've got some uh, fireworks coming in the background there. Because this is a fucking good point, <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't Keep know going. where that came from, is that we would you would start to have uh you start going if i'm not the problem and i'm not broken mm -hmm. then something else is mm -hmm. and i wonder what that is yeah. the systems and structures that society's built on and when you get too many people questioning that then you have revolution which is what they don't want yeah and that's the thing that that's that's the thing that i've found that as the past 3 years it's I've been questioning more. I've been asking better questions, like following up and like doing my own research and exploring and going like, what do I actually think? Not what have I been told? Um, what do I actually think? I can I can pull in information from elsewhere. I can get information from there, ask those people. But then what do I actually think? What do I actually believe? And that's where the the emotional side of it the emotional maturity to go i think this and i'm not going to change what i think just because two of my friends think differently and they're then challenging me on that and going like why are you doing that why do you think that and it's really uncomfortable but it's like going like i can hold myself enough to be able to be like Oh, this is really uncomfortable and like I kind of wish they weren't asking me questions about this because that would be easier and yeah I'm not going to change what I think just because that would be maybe easier for them or easier for me in the short term because that's what I did for most of my life I would chop and change who I was to try and fit in whereas now I've kind of gone as you said whether you call it sovereignty, agency, whatever it is, just being yourself, that is so much more freeing and liberating because, first of all, you can stop thinking about who you think you need to be to be liked. You you just show up as yourself. And that is so, so freeing. As someone who spent 35 years basically spending his entire life waking up and be like, oh, what do, what do I need to remember that I said to that person that I'm seeing today? What did I say to them last time? Who was I when I saw them last time? 
oh, I, okay, I need to be really vigilant about that in case they call me out. And do, do, and so much of it is just that thing of um, like that social chameleon thing. And yeah, it's when you get that maturity or whatever it is that the, the, the ability to really hold yourself more and more. And I say more and more because it is a process and it's a process very much that I'm going through. And yeah, it's one of those where when you start that process, it is amazing how it feels and how much can start to shift in terms of, oh, wow, I'm, I'm really living in a different, not planet, but a different version of reality um, to how I used to live. And it's one that's based on what you think, what you believe, not everything that you've been told. Um, there's a one of the post-it notes somewhere is a Muji one, um, which is you're unbecoming what you're not. And that's that's for me that that things like that combined with then the emotional maturity work. It's like I feel like such a different person. And that isn't like from three years ago. It's like from a month ago, three months ago. We've said this so many times that we feel like that version of us six months, 12 months. I mean, the versions of us when we met in in kind of May, June last year, it's like it, I feel so different to that version. And we're both on that kind of growth journey, growing together. Um, and it's just... Yeah, it's just amazing that all of that kind of comes from, for me, and that's why this podcast, I, I, I love the idea of it. I love just having conversations. It comes from having conversations and being open to different ideas, different perspectives, different ways of viewing the world and actually just going, I hear what that person says. I'm not going to take it in as kind of, gold like I would used to I used to be kind of proper teacher's pet of like oh they'll tell me anything and I'll just then believe that that's the that's the god's god's honest truth and then navigate my life based on what they've told me um I actually start to then pull information in and go what do I think about that what do I make of it and I just ponder it get curious about it but very much in a playful way there are times when I don't do it in a playful way where I'm trying to fix myself because I'm in a space where I think there's something to fix. Um, but it's more when I can just be in that space of playful exploration, which I suppose is what this whole podcast is about, what I'm my, like kind of the things I'm changing with work. That's what it's all about of myself exploring and hopefully people who are listening to this, that it's, helping you explore and ask some questions or have some explorations, ponderings. Um, yeah, because that's, for me, that's where so much of this has come from in terms of you used, Kirsty, the, 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 having mirrors. So coaches are mirrors. Books can be mirrors. Life is a mirror to help you see something different. Um, you've got an example of, you showed me like a kaleidoscope as periscope. a periscope. Yeah. Kaleidoscope would be very different. <laughs> um, 
do you want to share that analogy of like how the mirrors Yeah, it was, it was, it was that, like, you can only, each of us can only see through the lens we're wearing. And so you can do your inner work to kind of clear your own lenses. And there's a possibility that you're still wearing lenses in the process of cleaning the lenses. So sometimes life is always trying to coach us. And then it's that thing of other people or a book, like you say, or anything can be a mirror because it can help you to see round the corners that you can't see. Like, that's why I like the periscope thing. I kind of need the picture to be able to do it properly. But essentially, that the, the, the light comes in and it bounces off of the first mirror that's at an angle. And then the light comes down and it bounces off another mirror that's at another angle. And then it bounces and hits your eye. And then your eye does the whole thing into the brain. And your brain does the magic of actually seeing. You don't see with your eyes. It's the brain that creates a... It's, I think I probably get it wrong, but like basic biology of something of like it goes, the light comes in, and it forms your brain forms an image that's upside down or something. And anyway, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. that sounds magical, familiar. <laughs> something like that. It's quite a magical yeah. process, really, when you think about it. That again, mm. we take for granted that as sighted people, um, yeah, but yeah, the point being that the a coach or a book or something, it a coach as another human that you can interact with a bit more than maybe a book mm. or a tree or something is they they're just a mirror for kind of life or light to sort of bounce off of between and then into you so mm. they're no better no worse they're just another form of life that it can energy can kind of come through and then you still interpret everything that person says anyway. So, mm. um, yeah, I don't know that I've done justice to the analogy, but... Uh... <laughs> no, you have, you have. And, and just on that note, anyone who's listening or watching, Kirsty is a coach. Um, I've, I've, I've always put her website, whenever it's in episodes with her, I'll always put her website and things she's doing down in the description. So um, her website's kirstyskinner.com um so make sure to head over there and uh, have a look she's got some very interesting blogs and lots of things also on instagram tiktok and places like that so make sure to head over and check her out um and follow Hashtag her ad. um <laughs> yes yeah what's that thing it's like add add or subscribe <laughs> or whatever that people do um um on that note there is one quote that i want to share as well um, which is something that you shared with me and it relates to something we were doing today. Um, and it is, if a stick is floating down a river and gets stuck, it doesn't need years of therapy. It just needs a little nudge and then it will get back into the flow of the river, which is a Michael Neal quote. Um, do you want to share a bit about the, the nudge, not necessarily the nudge your offer, subtle ways for me to mention that um <laughs> but more about that idea that we don't need years of therapy sometimes all it is a little nudge and that nudge i'm not going to go into it i'm going to let you take the take the stage because i want you to i'd love to hear what you said what you what you see from that quote hmm 
I'll put her on the spot here a little bit, folks. Yeah, just a bit. <laughs> but I, I, I think for me it comes back to that, like, I did the years of therapy. I've done the years of reading as much as I could possibly read. I studied psychology degree for a reason. Uh, you know, I wanted to learn about how adults learn and human behavior. And like, I did my master's on how to actually be the change in terms of leadership rather than just learning about leadership. Like I've been in constant investigation about people, it feels like, mm -hmm. but all really in a quest to kind of understand myself because I think I fundamentally always believed I was a bit broken. Mm -hmm. And I think it's only in this softening over the past three years or so, it's, probably been for longer than that if I'm honest but like I've had more insight into it in the last three years of we're not broken we are not equipped with the tools that would make life less difficult for us mm -hmm. if we'd been given a manual as to how human beings work how the human mind works and what emotions are and that like they're just energy in motion and they need to move and whatever you feel is okay if you we were validated from a young age in our emotions and then helped or at least supported in the experiencing of them most of us wouldn't be in the positions we're in which is kind of at war with ourselves and disconnected from our sense of knowing we wouldn't be here so that's what i think my work like i kind of i i just think that's what i'm here to talk about is life does not have to be as shit as we've made it like it doesn't have to mean that we're at war with ourselves constantly it shouldn't be that because i think that's why we've got wars and genocides and everything that's happening in the world and been happening for a very long time is because we're at war with ourselves internally which makes you then desire external validation for what you're internally experiencing. So you will find what you're internally experiencing in the external world. So if people are, if we're seeing that there are wars and genocides and awful acts in the world, it's because people are at, internally at war with themselves. So I think mm -hmm. that's why for me, I'm so passionate <laughs> about talking about the fact that you're not broken. Whatever you're facing right now is not actually an issue you are experiencing something that's very, very valid, regardless of that emotion. Like, it's valid. It's your thought processes are not faults in your brain. Mm -hmm. They make sense. Everybody I've worked with or even ever spoken to, when you actually trace back what they're thinking and that when they're truthful about what the thoughts are, that's the thing. Because then you can see, well, that makes sense. Someone who would have this thought would have had this kind of childhood, probably. Does that resonate? Mm -hmm. Almost always, yes. Like, it makes sense. There is a logical... And it's not just childhood. It's nothing to do with, like, bad parents, good parents, blah, blah, blah. Because they came from their own chain of development, of parenting, of DNA, of ancestors. Like... It all makes sense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so we don't need to continue to beat ourselves up. Like, 
therapy is helpful. It's not saying that it's not, but it's just saying you can keep paying a therapist to listen to you and give you insight. But actually, if you went and read a cer certain books or use chat GPT now, <laughs> you would get the those insights. Like you would get the knowledge. The difference yeah. is in it's not just in the gaining of the knowledge. It's in witnessing that knowledge playing out in ourselves. And that's why yeah. I'm an advocate for the start. And I, I, I used to say I'm an advocate for coaching. And I actually think mm -hmm. I need to change that because I'm not an advocate for the goal setting kind of executive coaching of, and I'm not saying that that's bad stuff, but it's not the same. You're not going to get the same kind of insight into humanness. <laughs> You're well, not going to. That's because I think, I, I, sorry to jump in, I think that, and I can say this because I did this, that I spent years doing the goal setting because I thought I was broken. Yeah, you're still trying to and overcome at, yourself. Yeah. At yeah. a fundamental level, I thought I was broken. And it was basically just trying to go, well, if you achieve this goal, you won't be think you're broken. And you might not for five seconds. Or if you achieve this completely amazing out-of-the-world goal, you might not feel like you're broken for five days or for five weeks. But then very quickly, it will come back in. And often, it's even before you've even achieved the goal that suddenly the goalposts move because underlying, you still think you're broken. So even when you achieve, that's why I never could celebrate my successes. I was just like, oh, yeah, that's good. Yeah, it was all right. Not compared to that person or that person. They did it quicker. They did it bigger. They did it better. And it's just like, oh, it's because I'm fundamentally broken. Like, And so, yeah, and that's where I tried to jump in. But it was like so much of that stuff, I can see how it could be helpful more to me now because when I'm in a space of I'm not broken, but geez, that, that going for that thing would be really fun. Whatever happens, that sounds really exciting. But for me, the past few years, I had to do that underlying work of, and I'm still saying it's ongoing because I don't always see it. And I don't think we all do. Right. Um, sorry to jump in, but if you can remember your train of thought, carry on. Um... Well, rather than pick it up, I'll just say what's coming up now, I think. Of like, there's nothing wrong with any other way of mm. coaching or whatever. But fundamentally, everything I'm seeing is that it all comes back to who we're being, which is what you're getting out there. It's like, you can then still do the goal setting because you're being somebody different. You're no longer being someone who needs to run or overcompensate. Like, outrun yourself you're not trying to overcompensate for the fact that you feel not enough by achieving something that you think will be enough or setting yourself a big enough goal that finally if I actually had that then I'll be enough um mm -hmm. and and then you can go what do I actually want like the process of setting those goals and the process of going after them would actually look so different because instead of setting milestones or whatever, you go, what's the next aligned step for me? If I were someone who were prioritizing or like heading in this kind of a direction, what would I need to do next? What do I feel to do next? Um, and how you treat yourself in the pursuit of those goals is totally different. So it can be 
And also, I think you find the goals change because it becomes less about the outcome, which is how most stuff's focused. It becomes less mm. about how many viewers or subscribers or what how much money I'm earning. It's less of a number, I would find, when you set a goal. Mm. And it's more of a, you know, just as an example, it might be, for example, a podcast is a good one because it's so easy to go tangible because yeah. you then just think that's what success is. <laughs> yeah. It's like, because because you've not, I, I don't think we see many versions of goals that don't have like numerical obvious things. Because it's like, well, if you had 10,000 subscribers, then you'd be able to tick some sort of criteria that that's a success. But it's like, yeah. but like we've said before, if you get there and you're burnt out and actually you haven't enjoyed the conversations, but they've kind of worked with clickbait titles, but then actually... yeah. Do you, know what, do you know what I mean? It versus well, that's, like, yeah. I've had like, and you the, and it's not saying that numbers are bad. So you might change it to be like, um, I did um, fifty episodes, fifty conversations this year for the for the podcast, and I loved mm. every single one of them, or I learned something from every single one of them. Um, yeah. I'm a better person. Like I've grown doing something that was fun like mm. i've learned from these because i prioritized interviewing people who i really enjoyed talking to yeah and that's that's something that because i did i did try and set some goals probably a few days ago and we had some interesting conversations about that and it was like these these are very logical and like head-based and like but they weren't ones that were that were necessary. They, they, I could mentally say, "Oh, they're really exciting," but they didn't really fill fill me up from inside in terms of lighting me up. And because it's like, "Oh, well, it's a really out there goal, so therefore, I, surely it's going to be exciting." But as you said, it's like, well, actually, what would be really amazing is to have had, like, let's use your example of fifty conversations where I genuinely loved having them. And I felt like I learned so much and that like 10 of them are now really close friends who I message yeah. quite regularly and feel like I could pick up the phone with and have a conversation, not on a podcast, but just because I consider them a friend. And like that goal is very different to what they would have been previously. And even the ones I set a few days ago, it was things like 10,000 subscribers or x amount of money from doing this particular thing and again it's not that i'm never going to have those goals i'm just very much as you said the goals change when you realize that you're not broken that you're okay now that you can be at peace now that you can be that you can enjoy life now because then it's like what would i really enjoy doing knowing that i don't need xyz to make me happy what can I just do? What would I do from that place? And that's something that I think I'm exploring at the moment, but is is very different to that old way of um, overachiever Paul, who would be, oh, well, if I get this, then people will like me. I'll, I'll get the love that I want. And, duh, 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 duh. and it's like, oh, well, that is a never winning, uh, never winning game. What's the phrase? I can't think of it. But I'm never going to win that game because it's never going to be enough, as you said. And so it's one of those where you kind of go, well, I'm going to just 
take myself out of playing that game because I did that for a long time and didn't get me anywhere. And I'm going to play a different game where I can set these goals that really genuinely light me up. Um, and I can then start enjoying the journey, which is something that I never, I, I heard the phrase and it's one of those where I was like, I, I don't actually get to experience it because I'm so focused on when I get to the goal achievement, that's when I can enjoy it. So it's like, I did this, um, um, I drew this, I called them anxiograms um, at the time when I was doing them, but it was basically a 10 by 10 square and then lines down. So it made a hundred squares. And it was basically, I think 99 red squares colored in and one green one. And it was basically the green one was where most of us allow ourselves to enjoy the journey. The red ones were all the ones where we are beating ourselves up for not doing it quicker, telling ourselves we're doing it wrong, telling ourselves we're not good enough. That inner critic would just come out in full force all the way along, basically trying to beat you away, beat you along the way in terms of going like, come on let's go let's do this let's hustle let's you're not doing it fast enough do more 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 in some attempt to get you to that hundred hundredth spot where you can then go oh now you can celebrate oh and by the way there's another goal that we want you to start on right away yeah. because we don't actually feel like that hundredth step was actually enough to um and the kind of process then starts again but again, mm -hmm. that's again, that's not a you problem that mm -hmm. has very obvious roots in capitalism. Mm -hmm. Like these are societal problems that we've created. This is not down to humans being broken. It's down to this mm -hmm. like perpetuation of systems that don't benefit humans. Like they don't benefit thriving because yeah. you wouldn't be looking for. 10,000 subscribers like if you didn't think that was a good thing mm. so like you're only looking for why would you value the number of subscribers it's because it kind of gives an outcome there's like that's an outcome right because it's got nothing to do with really the production of the content or the podcast or whatever it is that's mm. saying 10,000 people uh, like to watch your stuff and get updates about you. Mm -hmm. That's like 10,000 people want your output. Yeah. Like, cool. Now you're just employed by 10,000 different people who have an expectation of what you're going to produce. Well, that changes that. that That's a complete reframe on that. It's like... And why would you want that? <laughs> well, no, yeah, that, that, that's a bit of a of 10,000 people expecting a certain thing because that's what you've done, done to get those 10,000. Yeah. And therefore, and that's where, that's for me, I mean, that's really good because I'm just going like, well, I definitely don't want to be making stuff that I don't want to be making. Exactly. Well, so, yes. Yeah. Like, so make exactly what you want to be making so that when, when, if, however many people are subscribed um you just go oh well i i do that whether there's one or one thousand i'm doing this because i want to do it and that's where it comes back to that one of 
just have conversations it's, yeah I can't tell if it's the lighting it looks blurry in here but it's, no, it's okay it's yeah that's that's a really good reframe because that is yeah the the 10,000 words like you're now employed by 10,000 people who have an expectation of what you're going to put out there that's a great example of a nudge a mirror, someone sharing something, and then me going, oh, wow, I see something in what you've said. It's not that you said it in a particular way. It's that I've seen something in what you've said. And it's just like, that's just blown my mind. Because it's like, yeah, that's so 10,000 employees. No, employee, employers. Employees, mm. employers. Employers. Uh, employers, yeah. It's like, yeah. So that... And that, yeah, I think that blew my mind a little bit. But let that, like, it could be easy now for, for you to want to move on because we're doing an episode and whatever else. But this is a good example of letting your system receive that information. Mm. Your system heard it. You could never unhear what I've said. Do you know what? Zoom is backing up these points yeah. because they're good. <laughs> <laughs> For anyone who's listening, that just then, um, Kirsty had a thumbs up come up, and the point earlier, um, fireworks were in the background. So we've tried to get <laughs> we've tried to get Zoom animations doing things when on purpose, but they just seem to be happening randomly um, really every now and again. So, yeah, yeah. Zoom is listening in. We've got a third yeah. part. We've got one listener. Um, sorry, um, you were saying about really letting that sink in. Yeah, just like... Because that feels like it could really open up. Like, I feel that as, like, an expansion. Hmm. Well, I think it's that thing of, like... I don't, I've had I've had so many moments like that when I hear something and typically what I would have done in the past is write a post-it note um, and I might still do that because I think it's that's bloody brilliant um, and it's one of those where it's like just sitting with it as you say allowing it to and trust that you've not gone. missed anything hmm just that was enough. What do you mean? Whatever it was, you've not missed anything. There's now okay. nothing you extra you need to do with that information. Hmm. All you all that I'm saying is don't that doesn't need to just remain a thought-based head thing. You don't need to remember exactly what was said. What you need to hmm. remember and allow is that something something just shifted in your system hmm. as you received whatever it was you heard. Hmm. You heard something that, that resonated with something in you that's been kind of waiting to be unlocked. I just happened to be the deliverer of an a version of a message that did that unlocking. Well, I think I can say, speak to what it was. It, for me, it was freedom. Mm. Freedom to be myself, to express exactly what I want and a, and a, and a reminder of what like what can happen if because it could be very easy as you said you could create a podcast and do th things to get 
more subscribers. There are things that you could do to get more subscribers quickly, but if you're, that's not in alignment with who you are, what you're wanting to be doing, just what you would enjoy creating, then that's not going to be, that's not what I want to do. That's not the game I want to play anymore. What I want to do is to more and more fully be just myself, learning, growing, doing the things that excite me, that light me up. Um, and even now, it's so funny that we, we've talked about this lots where I can feel how different I feel now, I don't know, 90 minutes later um, of talking versus how I was at the start. And I was I, I was thinking this a bit ago and um, of I'm really, really interested and intrigued and a little bit excited to see the diff the, like how different and more comfortable I've become um over time just like how I've become more comfortable and just and it's not by doing anything different it's like more that's why that I think that thing that you said resonates so much it's like no just be yourself and it's it was like a permission slip that's the yeah. way that I heard it it's like like in a weird roundabout way it's like you can do the old thing of like follow the crowd and do it the optimal way and get more subscribers this is what that could lead to and it's like well i definitely don't want that and it was like a permission slip to go then be yourself fully express and share don't and and that's where it's that's maybe it is a good way to end this episode of the contrast of where we started of me bumbling my words and thinking overthinking what how to introduce it or things like that whereas i can feel how and there's been a few times where i brought up um one of the post-it notes or something and it was just like oh yeah i i really can see when i'm easing into being myself because it's like i do just kind of soften into it but i'm soften softening into the actual version of me not the version that I thought I was playing. It's like, and it's so much more fun just being me. It's so much more enjoyable, relaxing, um, and knowing that I can more and more just show up and that that's actually what, however many subscribers that there are, that's what they're looking for. They're not looking for performer poll. They're looking for, Paul or the consciousness that is Paul or kind of we're going to into that at the moment but it's like I don't know that that feels quite exciting for me in terms of again what's interesting and I think it's to your point of what you said I don't think I'd necessarily be able to recall exactly what you said but I can recall the feeling mm -hmm. the the like something happening internally that feels like it's rewiring and the thoughts or it's all in there and it's not something that's going to just leave because it actually landed mm -hmm. and that's the thing for me that um feels really big because it's like 
it's not like a little just knocking at the door. It was like a knock the door down kind of thing of, and it's just in there. It's in there doing the work and going to start creating change. Yeah, and just to just to say on that is that's a good example of the periscope, like a coach as a periscope thing, is because what's essentially happened in that moment is even though we haven't used this language in the moment, you've actually just been listening to a thing. I'm just saying what's coming up in the moment. So it's been a very organic mm. version. But with hindsight, you can go back and, and kind of explain what happened is mm. where you what has actually happened in that moment where you've seen and experienced something is the dissolving of a subconscious program that you didn't even know you had mm -hmm. there was a certain set of scenarios or circumstances or assumptions that were wired in your brain yeah and what what i've done and that wasn't deliberate, by the way. So please don't think that I'm magic or whatever else. I'm just <laughs> saying what's coming out. And I happen to have a skill for that, I've been told and seen over time. She does, everyone. <laughs> is, that, <laughs> is that I've said something that has not been congruent with that thinking. And mm. it's like shining the mirror at just the right angle where the light bounced off and it hit the wiring and it was like, do not compute this. <laughs> or like, uh, <laughs> it has that moment and you can kind of feel it sometimes or with hindsight, you can notice that you felt it of this like, mm. uh, 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 like, I or just complete like void, nothing. And you're mm. there's quiet. Like- That's what I get, yeah. Yeah, and it's just like, <laughs> Yeah. And you're like, what's going on? Yeah. And that's that's that thing of... Hang on, hang on, hang on. Sorry. Go for it. Because <laughs> do you notice how, like, you wanted to fill the gap then? Like, mm. There's nothing wrong with that. But, like, allow mm. the quiet. Because that's the genuine experience. What's happening in your brain is your brain's normal neural wiring has been stopped mm. and so rather than the pattern playing on autopilot as it has been for years and years and years of your life the angle of the mirror was just right at that moment that it happened to hit your system in a way mm. that that pattern was ready to be unwired otherwise that whole thing of whatever i said that hit it wouldn't have happened yeah so it was ready to be unlocked it was just kind of waiting for the key yeah i mm. happen to be the deliverer of the key in that moment for that particular lock yeah but but that's the benefit of of a coach or someone in a coaching role or a coaching conversation with us <laughs> is that you you may not have unlocked that yourself in this particular moment, I'm not saying you wouldn't because I think you can yeah. unlock your stuff yourself. Yeah. But I think that having conversations with people or with life or with books or with whatever as a stimulus mm. can aid us in the reflection so that it comes back rather than at, like a mirror. If you just look in a mirror, you will get a reflection. 
but you yeah. see you can only see yourself from certain angles right unless there's another mm -hmm. mirror you know in changing rooms i don't know about men's but in women's sometimes the good ones have different mirrors uh like angled at the back so you can mm -hmm. see different angles of you at the back don't not, not had that experience no maybe <laughs> i need to go to fancier places yeah so but that's the same thing right is that you it's mm. because the light bends at whatever that's the same with a coach is that they're just giving you the kind of different angles to look at stuff mm -hmm. because they're kind of able to go especially and that's again i'm not being generic about coaching because this isn't the same as normal coaching you're looking for coaches who are dealing in subconscious programming or patterning or the body or like the bigger whole being um mm -hmm. these are the kind of conversations you're having you're pointing out patterns and stuff so um i don't know that i've explained that particularly well but i wanted to just like loop that in because it it connected to a previous point we were making yeah no it's really good it's just like it is that thing of that that is a great example of a nudge and for me i love those nudges because i've seen it over the past two three years just how much one nudge can like put you on such a different trajectory like for me hearing what you said i can't remember what you said but something about like ten thousand like employees or employers yeah and it's like, that's done something. It's not those words. I mean, those words alone, like some people will hear them. I might've heard them if we'd have been talking about it, just sat with a cup of tea, like, and just been like, oh, that's nice. Oh yeah, that's a cool, like, I make a cool caption, but it didn't land as it landed. Um, and so it's, I think I've lost my point. No, the nudge, nudges, yeah. And it's like, that couldn't, I can tell that some of those things, they land deeper than others. And I know that the ones that land in that way, I don't know how, I could I could very quickly say how I think that could change things, but I don't really know. Um, but I, it's that thing of those nudges over the past few years have completely transformed my life. And they are lots of nudges. Some of those nudges I get whilst just on a dog walk with Button. Some of them are through conversations. Some of them are from books. Some of them are from just me experiencing life and getting caught up in something and then just going like, oh, and then seeing something from having gone through a difficult experience or kind of exploring that. Um, and that's, I mean, just that's why I love, I just have conversations. And that's why I love this whole thing of exploring because it's, it's that thing of self-exploration there will be people who are listening to this, hopefully, um, who there will be things land for them that we kind of just skipped over. That it was just like, oh yeah, that's just a bit of a off the off the cuff comment, but for them will land so deeply because it was the right thing at the right time for them. Um, and that's why for me, it's that thing of playful exploration, not having. I've got this thing and I need to find the thing. I need to find the key. I need to go and search and hunt and keep going until I find the right key. And I'm going to find try every single key. It's more kind of just going like, there's lots of, as you use your example of, 
wiring going on in there that's ready to be unwired. And I'm just going to allow life to coach me in various ways. Sometimes it will be through a person, sometimes a book. And, and for me, that's just a much more enjoyable and amazing way to explore and grow and learn. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I think the thing, like, to loop back right to the start of our conversation <laughs> is that is that life is always handing you the keys. Like, they're, they're in your view all the time. Mm. It doesn't want okay. you to be caged up or locked up. Life has, like, an abundance of keys that fit your locks. But... <laughs> another thumbs up from another Zoom, Another thumbs everyone. up from Zoom. Um, but it's that... The, the brain and our reliance on it is what stops you from seeing the keys. Because mm. you're so busy scrabbling around. And actually, let's just use this analogy. I don't know if it's going to work. <laughs> it's coming up. Like, if you can picture, like, a mound of keys, like, be total carnage, mm -hmm. and you've got a lock... And you've got to just, like, find the key. Mm. So you're looking at this mound of keys and you're, like, <laughs> digging through it and you're like, is it this one? Is it this one? Is it this one? You're trying all these keys. And meanwhile, you haven't realised that if you just turned around, your key was hanging with a big fat label on it behind you. Because yeah. you're so busy being preoccupied or that there was a sign behind you or attached on your lock that says... By the way, your key is the only one that's blue. <laughs> you know, something. Yeah. Like, we, we... Life is always presenting us with obvious stuff. But if you're listening to your brain, your brain's going to give you like, okay, well, uh, the lock looks like this. And so the key must look like X, Y, Z, like this. And actually, mm. this is what I know a key looks like. Keys are gold or keys are silver, depending on what your past experience of keys has been. So you will then mm. create this idea of the key you're looking for, and you will then filter. That's what the brain does. It filters based off of your past experiences. And it goes, do, 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 do. okay, cool. Even though I'm still digging this mound, I'm digging for a silver. It must be a silver key because keys are silver. And it's this shape lock, so it must be this shape thing. And I reckon a, a normal handle because that's what keys are. Um, there's a scene in Harry Potter that's like this. I can't remember which one it is, where he's got to search for a key to a door and they're all the flying They're all keys. flying, aren't they? Yeah, yeah it's yeah. a really cool one, actually. That's a good one. Because they yeah. then go, okay, well, it looks like this, looks like this. And then I can't remember why it is that he realises it's the one with the broken wing. But like... Uh, okay, yeah. And, it's, and then it's like, actually, that's like should have been an easy one to get like there's probably a good analogy in there i'm gonna miss it so yeah. it's fine we'll just leave it but you get the point that i yeah. i i think i believe that that life wants us to unlock this stuff it's only us that keeps mm. ourselves locked in so it's always giving mm. you the keys but if you're constantly listening to your brain which is using the past to create your present and what it thinks is of your future we get stuck mm. That's not a problem with you. You're not broken. It's not a personal thing. It's a human thing. So the brain isn't enough. It's not going to help you move forward. It's not going to help you achieve the unlocking because the brain is the thing that created the locks in the first place. Yeah. 
the brain created the locks in the first place. Can you? you the brain created the locks in the first place because what we're saying is we're using the analogy of the locks as wiring. Right. Oh, so the, yes. the, Sorry, brain, yeah, yeah. the brain created locks because yeah. it went, OK, well, um, this plus this equals danger. So therefore, we're going to do this because yes. we survived by doing yeah, this yeah. last time. So then he's still breathing. So that must have worked. So we're going to do that again. And then it just finds different yeah. ways of doing basically the same thing over and over and over and over again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I got you now. Yeah. So that's yeah. the locks. That's the cage that you've kept yourself in is your brain built the cage with the locks because it goes this has worked in the past it kept him safe he's still breathing mm. therefore anything we've done in the past must have worked because he's still alive yeah and so we're going to yeah. keep him locked because we want we want to survive but what you're saying mm. what we're saying is people having these kind of conversations don't just want to survive they're looking for something more in mm. their experience and you're not going to get more if you continue only to listen to your brain because your brain only yeah. has so it's a computer. <laughs> yeah. So coming back right yeah. to the beginning of the conversation where we're saying about getting into the body, listening to other wisdom centers, listening to spirit, soul, universe, whatever like your version is, God, like it could be anything. It's just acknowledging that the brain, the human brain is not us. You have one mm -hmm. in the same way mm -hmm. as you might have fingers or toes or eyes or ears or nose, whatever, like you know, but we've yeah. given it so much extra weight and we think that's who we are. We think that's what defines us as human beings. That's where like psychology and like traditional therapy hasn't yet like gone past the point of, um, I can't remember, is it like Cartesian? Like, um, I think therefore I am like oh, that yeah, yeah. sort of dynamic. Like it hasn't actually really evolved beyond that. That's where, Rather than evolving that, things like somatic therapy have come in, breath work, like um, tapping, like EFT, tap, like tapping and stuff, like all the stuff that uses body wisdom or other types of wisdom mm -hmm. have started to come in and kind of in place of or alongside the older styles of like more psychological therapy. Yeah. So I think it's a really exciting time because there is acknowledgement now of the body wisdom. There are a lot of formally trained psychologists who are going, hang on, there's something more here that we've kind of been missing in our training. Oh, it's body wisdom. It's emotional wisdom. It's like the actual experience of being human. There's something in this that we aren't taught when we're only looking at the brain and the mind. Um mm. So, yeah, I think this is an exciting time to be talking about all this stuff because I think we're going to see more and more of it. And, yeah, back to the yeah. kind of key lock thing. Life is always trying to give us the keys. Like, we've always had the keys. You've always got the keys. It's actually not a search at all. That's what <laughs> I was there. about to say. I think, yeah, because to you to build on that analogy, like what you said, like the wiring just dissolves. So it's like yeah. almost the, the lock dissolves. Or like, yeah. as, you, as you just said then, it's like, maybe the lock if, depending on how you want to use the analogy it's like maybe you don't need to search for the keys because you had them all along you just weren't looking in your left hand because you exactly. were too busy looking at the pile yeah and it's just like yeah and that's that like that taskmaster is... episode the other day sorry like the taskmaster oh, yeah. episode we watched the other day where um alex the guy was tied up and he yeah. they had to like he sent them on this big treasure hunt for the key and yeah. actually, the whole time the key was in his hand. Yeah. But they didn't check there. 
because they were yeah. like, oh, you follow the clues. You wouldn't. Why yeah. would you? No. But it's like, it's exactly that. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted yeah. you that time. But like, no, no, I love that. It was, it's oh, a I love cool that. example. Yeah. Well, there, there was, uh, as we do watch quite a bit of Taskmaster. We're kind of working through the series at the moment <laughs> as our kind of fun, fun show to watch for a bit of comedy. Um, there was another task where um, they were like, they were, it was a team one where, that two of them and then three of them were handcuffed together and they basically had to get themselves unhandcuffed. And there was basically a key on the wall and they were just looking everywhere. And it was just like, it was, again, it was one of those where it was in plain sight, but what ta Taskmaster do, and it's a great example, is that they will often have things in plain sight that make the answer immediately obvious, mm -hmm. but they aren't just, ne they aren't necessarily where you'd always look. So it might be under the table or on the back of the garage. Um, and so, it, again, it's a great example of being open to seeing it, like to life coaching you in a, an unusual way. Mm. And I think that for me has been something that it's like, oh, right. I don't it's not just when you sit down with a therapist or a coach or read a personal development book. No, as you said, life is always coaching you if you're open to it looking for it type thing yeah. and that's where you can be um coaching yourself whilst you are shopping whilst you are driving the car any experiencing experience that you are having you could get these insights or dissolve your locks or rewire your brain not by looking for them but being open to them and the way that like kind of the way that I think about it is like is just being open to it and then just pondering things. Yeah, it's kind so of like getting <laughs> gone. Gone. This is where I think we approach things slightly differently. And it's not to say one is better than mm -hmm. the other, but to offer an option is that I found that the way to shortcut the process is to be truthful about what you're experiencing in that moment. It's to be as connected as possible to what you are actually experiencing in that moment. Mm -hmm. Because if you're pondering, you're back in the mind. Mm. And your mind is the one that constructs based on what it's already known. So you're already in the kind of problem machine. <laughs> Whereas yeah. what you're doing is actually, if we're saying you're pondering it, but actually what you do is you go, say you're driving to the shops or something, and it's like, oh, I'm feeling a bit hungry. Oh, I'm feeling, oh, my throat feels actually quite funny. I don't know why. That's weird, isn't it? But yeah, it really feels quite funny. Um, and actually, I'm having some thoughts that I'm a bit annoyed at so-and-so today. Like, what are the thoughts I'm having? Like, oh, yeah, there's some frustration there. Or, oh, I feel a bit nervous. Or I feel that is what actually I think shortcuts the whole process. Mm -hmm. Because it's from that space when I'm really truthful about what I'm experiencing, the experience has been seen so it can go away. Mm. And then when it's gone away, that's what creates the space for the answers or the keys to just present themselves. Okay. So I'll, I'm intrigued about this because... So, for example, like let's take the example with the um, ten thousand subscriber employer thing. My typical way of 
not necessarily following up with something like that, something that I found really interesting would be typically to write it down on a post-it note. And I do have a lot of post-it notes with certain things on. Um, and I, But I would kind of allow it to just be in my system and to then come up. Actually, now that I say it, I don't know if I... I don't know if it's true that I would be like, I would go away and then ponder it. It would be one of those things that lands would be in my system and just in there. And then stuff would just pop up. And I would be aware of those thoughts, often new thoughts, because I've received new inputs from life. And then I'd just be like, oh, that's interesting. Oh. And then sometimes I might just, might be one thought and then nothing. And then it might be 15 minutes later and I've not necessarily been pondering it, but thoughts have been coming up. And I've been like, oh, that's interesting. Oh, wonder how that connects to that type thing. Or if it does, or kind of like a internal exploration but not of I'm going to sit down here for, here for 20 minutes and think about that thing that Kirsty said whilst we were having that podcast. I'm going to really think about it and get some answers. I don't know if that's any different or yeah, I that would sound say different. The, the, or... Yeah, and I've thought this a few times actually, but I don't think I've said it to you. It's like, I wonder then if it's, for me, the difference would be, is it less ponder and it's more wonder? Because there's something about the word wonder that's like mm. I'm not I'm not wondering as in oh I'm wondering like oh I'm wondering if this it's like mm. for me there's a sparkly like the energy of wonder mm. like for something to be wonderful type of wonder like there's an openness to wonder yeah I think it, you know what I mean I think it is. I don't quite resonate with the wonder thing, but like it's, I do get the, the, it's like I'm not doing it. Yeah, it's yours like might be just... wonder as in W A N D E R. Like you're kind okay. of wandering with the thoughts and the feelings and the, you're, there's an, yeah. the, the thing about like, you can keep the word ponder, I don't care, <laughs> right? But there's, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, there's, I'm not attached to it either because it's, there's, uh, yeah. there's something of like, Hmm, let me ponder that. There's like yeah, that's the energy that's, of ponder. And, and that's, that's not, not what it, it sounds not, like you're describing. Yeah. You're describing no. more of the like meandering, wandering thing of like flow with what presents itself to you. And you're well, like following it's... threads of curiosity. Yeah. Playful exploration. Yeah. Because it is that. It's like, ooh, I've had a thought there. Oh, there's nothing more. Okay. Or oh my God, there was that amazing thing, but then it's just gone quiet. I don't then go, we need to mine that for more information or what do we do with that? It's just like, oh, okay, I'll carry on with my day. Mm. Um, and if yeah. it, and it's one of those where we've talked about it and I know you've shared about it quite a few times of like, I used to take lots of notes because I didn't want to miss anything. And over the past few years, I've taken fewer and fewer notes even with my post-it notes, the number of post-it notes that I've written has dramatically reduced. 
Um, and it's one of those where it's because I've seen more and more that the stuff that needs to land, once it's in there, there's no undoing it. It's in there and it will come up when it needs to come up. And I can then, I, I suppose I trust that more um, because I've seen it. And it's like, oh, actually, I don't need to take the notes. I mean, there may be times where I do take notes, but it's one of those where I wouldn't be taking them because I'm trying to remember the thing that I think is going to be the, the, the that's kind of like, I suppose, a, a way of searching for the lock or trying to make sure I don't miss the lock, I suppose, or miss the key, I should say. Hmm. Um, bro, well, any final thoughts, shares, comments? Nope, all good. Cool. Well, if anyone's listening and they've got to the end of the episode, I'd love to hear any thoughts, comments, um, whether that's um, if you're watching on YouTube down in the comments below or feel free to drop me drop me an email to paul at paulbassi.com. I'd love to hear what your thoughts are on the episodes or what you're getting from them. Um, any feedback would be, uh, yeah, really appreciated.